listening to the Sermons Podcast for Ottawa Baptist Church. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. A reading, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, and then verses 11 to 13. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to one hope when you are called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And then verses 11 to 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Sometimes people ask me what I would do differently if I started all over again as a pastor. Now that's a tough question because the world back then in 1967 is very different from the sort of world we live in now. If I had to give an answer though, then part of it would be contained in this passage and in what I want to say now right at the heart of starting again for me will be this passage I read. It's become more and more important over the last 20 years of my career. And I want to pass this on to you today as my hope for the future of God's church. Let me speak about three conclusions I've come to that would drive me if I started again. Firstly, I would ensure that everyone knows all God's people are called. The way the church has operated for nearly 1,700 years has been to basically have two classes of people. There are people who are called pastors and ministers and priests, and these are the professionals. These are the ones who make things work in the church. They look after the organised church. They do all the hard stuff, the weddings, the funerals, the baptisms, the communion, the preaching. Some of them dress up in 17th century clothes and some of them have a little white band around their neck and come to many church services and they're very easy to pick because when the really important times come, they are the ones at the front. If the church has a web page, there will be a photo of them on the web page, and if there's a team, as in this church, there be photos of all of the professional team. But if it's a Pentecostal church, there will often be a photo of the pastor's wife too, and she'll usually be blonde and good-looking, <laughs> and she's probably called pastor as well. So the impression many people have of the church, 
people both inside and outside the church, is that it's made up of two classes of people. The clergy or professionals and the laity or the lay people like you. Someone has said that the task of the non-professionals is to pray, pay and obey. <laughs> now how does this special class get to be special? Well, we talk of them being called of God. Just like another section of the church called missionaries. They don't dress up quite so fancy or have the same titles. But they are the ones who leave their comfortable air-conditioned homes and go out to very hot places very often. And sometimes where people don't wear many clothes at all. And they tell them that they should become Christians. So how do you get to be called? When I... Uh, applied to train as a minister, they called us ministers back then, not pastors. The very first question was this, can you describe your call? No call, no entry. And the call was meant to be some sort of inner voice or compulsion or miraculous thing that let you know that you were called. Well, I did have that compulsion. And I still have that compulsion. And generally that's the way that you get to be one of those special people who stand up front a lot and lead the, lead the church. Or go to the hot places and tell people they should be Christians. All of those who haven't been called, they just come along to church on Sunday. And they put money in the offering bags, as you've just done. Maybe they join working bees if it's a little church just getting going. Or else they go to boring committee meetings. And these people are called the laity because they don't seem to have had a call. But what does the passage say that I read before? Ephesians 4 verse 1. As a prisoner of the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So Paul is talking to people who are being called. Who are they? Well, in his book, they are the saints. So that, that lets, lets most of us out, doesn't it? I'm not a saint by any means. And I guess some of you wouldn't call yourself saints either. Except if we really understand the Bible, the saints refers to all who have been set apart for God. Everyone who has responded to Jesus Christ. We've got a church full of saints here this morning. I can't see any halos or hear the sound of wings and I haven't heard of any martyrs in the past week. But the word saints actually means someone who is set apart for the use of God. A person is a saint when God comes along and says, I love you. You are mine. You are set apart from me. Not set apart from life. Not set aside just for church services on Sunday. But a saint is a person who has responded to the love of God and is set apart by God to serve him. And if you haven't responded yet to the love of God and Jesus Christ, then when you do, you will be a saint as well.
So if we follow that through, then originally there's no division in Christianity, no class systems. No difference between the called and the not called because we're all called. The only difference is that different people have different gifts given to them through the Spirit. And those gifts are used in different ways. Most people actually exercise their gifts in the ordinary things and ordinary places of life. And just a few exercise their call within the organisational structure of the church. And their job is to equip all the rest of the saints for living out their gifts and their call. To say we are Christians but not called actually makes no sense. To say pastors and missionaries are called but not Christian plumbers and lawyers and accountants and students and painters and landscape gardeners, to say they are not called, that's nonsense. Not necessarily called to that sort of job, but called to be saints, God's called people, wherever they are. If we responded to the call of God to repent and to follow Jesus called the Christ, then we are called. So my first picture of the church of the future is one in which everyone sees themselves as called of God. And that does some serious damage to the two-class system of clergy and laity, professionals and amateurs. The rest of us are just a bunch of amateurs tagging along as spectators behind the professionals. For me, there is no class system in the church. Yes, there are pastors, and they deserve honour and our love and support and our care. But all of God's people are special. In fact, the word laity meant not untrained amateurs. It actually meant people of the household of God, the laos. Because we're all part of the household of God then we're all called of God. I've been called a minister or a pastor since I was 25. People sometimes put reverend in front of my name when they write letters to me. I don't like it, but that title is actually irrelevant or maybe irreverent. I've been called to do my kind of work but the call for me is no different to the call to you. My call is no more important and no less important than yours. All called, all gifted, all part of the great household of God. Just imagine for a moment a church in which everyone no matter what they do for a living, no matter where they operate in society, they recognise a call as just the same as the pastor who leads the organisational church. So that's my first element in the picture of the church of the future. But there's a little bit extra. 
the ones who call, who work for the organisational thing called the church, are there to equip the rest. In Ephesians it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. Sometimes it translates that word service as ministry because they're actually exactly the same word. The word minister means one who serves. The word service means one who ministers. So if we are called to God's work, then we are in ministry. We may not be pastors or pastoral care conveners or youth workers or worship coordinators. Mightn't have our photo amongst the professionals on the web page. But all of us are called to serve God. So that's the first point, all are called. Now, I want to offer a, um, a little warning here, a spoiler alert. If some of you are still grieving a great deal over events at Twickenham yesterday morning, I suggest you look away now while the rest of us have a look at this quote. Sounds like you've got it. <laughs> the second point. We are all called all of the time. The traditional picture of the church is, is that it's what happens on Sunday. On Sunday we get up, we get dressed, fed and off we go to church. And that's church. That's what happens here in this building with the people we know and got used to being up the front here. Well, we know it's not just a building, but what happens on Sunday is what dominates our thinking about the church. And if you want to see how a church is going, we come along and we, we check out the singing. Do we know what they're singing? Is it too loud, too soft? We check out the other people who take part, see how full the building is, see if they've got a program for children and youth. Check out the message, always do that. See how happy the people are, how organised they are. That fills most people's minds about what the church is and how you measure it. And at the end of the year, we give a report. We add up all the figures and say, we've baptised 30 people, we've got 25 new members, we lost five during the year, so we've got an increase of 20. It was a good year. Or else our annual report says that We'll put up a new building or run 10 alpha courses or employed a new youth pastor. We gave $5,000 more for missions this year than last year. And then we expect the pastor, along with his team, the minister, the senior employee, to make all that happen. Now, if the pastor is the dullest speaker we've ever heard, and if the senior pastor has no vision and can't inspire and can't lead, then we say, the church will never go anywhere with that person in, in charge. What we want is someone like that one down the road. People are pouring into that church. The pastor preaches like the apostle Paul and the whole place is humming. Or well, praise the Lord with our pastoral leadership, 
this church is humming. And we give thanks for that. But we tend to measure the church by what happens on Sunday. But what it says here in Scripture is that the pastor teacher is to equip the saints for ministry. The saints are going to do the ministry, the real stuff, the stuff out there amongst real people who we meet Monday to Saturday. We are all ministers of this church. Every one of us. It's not the senior pastor who's in the ministry, but all of us. Our senior pastor and staff are here to equip us for that ministry so that we, the saints, can get on with the work of the church out there. The success of the church depends on what we all do, not just what the professionals up front, what they do. If the senior pastor is a very poor equipper and training, then that's sad and it's a problem. But we remain the ones who do the actual ministry or service of God. There's nothing in this passage or anywhere else in Scripture for that matter that says a church is measured purely by what happens on Sunday. The church is the body of Christ, a full-time body, all the week body. Now I want to let you to let your imaginations go wild for a moment. Just imagine us all here at the moment as the body of Christ. That's what was said. It's been in our prayers already today. We are the body of Christ. Then just imagine that body of Christ getting out the doors and heading across the car park. And the body falls apart. It splits up and stops being a real body. Here's a, here's a family heading home to Oberua. Maybe they're a finger or an elbow. And they go off one way and the spleen heads out to Gulf Harbour. And the small intestine, well, they're off to Albany Mall for some shopping this afternoon. And one of the big toes waits for a bus to go to Maygrove. And next Sunday we come back to church and somehow we reassemble ourselves back into a body. Oh, yes, that's right. We're the body of Christ. A disassembled body is not much use for the kingdom of God. It might be interesting to medical students, but it's not much use for the kingdom of God. The body of Christ during the week doesn't just consist of the few who occupy the offices in this building. God needs the body of his son, Jesus Christ, to be the body all the time. And that's what this scripture calls for that the saints do the work of ministry all the time, having been equipped by the pastor's teachers. So we are the ones who also carry the name minister, which just means servant. And we serve and the success of the church is the result of what we do all of the time, and not just for this hour or so now. And it's amongst all we meet, amongst clients and friends, amongst family and neighbours in the office, in the hospital, ward in the classroom, at the sports club, down at the beach and out for a walk. We are the servants of God all of the time. The body of Christ 
and we're carrying out the ministry of the kingdom of God. The people of the church belong to just one class, the class of the saints who have been called. I sometimes have the picture in my mind of the church building being like a railway station for troops on their way into battle. They come in and they stock up and reload. They get supplies, maybe get some more training, get some encouragement, maybe some first aid. Then off they go again in the train to the front line. The front line is not the church building. The front line is out there starting at the car park and going with us wherever we go. The last bit of what I want to say is this. We're all called to be servants of Christ all the time and in all of life. We've said that we're called all the time, but that calling extends to all of life. Not just as at church on Sunday, but Monday to Saturday too. So we're called to be ministers of God at home, to remember we're called of God when we're driving in my marriage, my friendships, my loving, my learning, my working and my playing, my speaking and my thinking, my words and my thoughts. I'm God's servant in all of those. Jesus didn't come to earth to drag ordinary people out of life so that they be protected from it and make them religious so they don't get polluted. Jesus came to help us live ordinary life in the way in which it was meant to be lived. All the stuff of life was made by God. He made people and he made earth. He made animals and birds and fish and plants. He made work and he made fun and laughter. He made sex and he made friendship, art, music, coffee, colour, mountains, you name it. God made it and Jesus came back to show us how to use it properly again because we weren't using it as God had intended. So being called as saints to ministry means living out what we learn from Jesus, coached by pastors, teachers, so we can become ministers of the kingdom in all of life. So the church of the future will only have one class of Christians, those who are called, we will exercise our calling in different ways according to the different gifts that we're being given. Most stay just where they are, but some become pastors and leaders, missionaries, coaches, trainers for the rest. And the church operates full time. It's a living, breathing, growing, maturing, serving body. It exists when we're here in this building together, but exists tomorrow throughout the city and wherever we happen to be. The church is alive and well in all areas of life, in work and play and leisure and pleasure, in good times and hard times, and the task of the pastor, teachers, and the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists is to equip us so we can cope with life and be God's ministers in it. So we're ready to go now as the body of Christ to minister 
to serve wherever we are to the glory of God. Lord, speak to us. Remind us who we are in you. Saints, set aside for your service. Burn this into our spirits, Lord. And by your spirit, give us the strength needed to truly serve. So that when we come back again next Sunday, we can rejoice at the week we've had. Living for you, serving you, and exercising our gifts to the glory of your name. We come in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for checking out our sermons podcast today. For more information on Ottawa Baptist Church, please visit our website at www.ottawabaptist.com.